Good to see everybody on a on a warm day. Summer's finally here, but uh, praise the Lord for the, the spring we've had leading up to this, that's for sure. Well, we're going to get into the Word today, you guys, and um, this is really awesome because we get to we get to go through a teaching of just rainbows and butterflies and just really easy self-help. You guys are just going to, are such good people. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, was, where, what are we, we're in Romans 3, and if you know what that is, you would do what um, my youngest daughter Jojo would do, she'd be like, Dad, is this opposite day? <laughs> yes, opposite day, opposite day for sure, no rainbows and butterflies as far as um, self-help and all that, but it is, it's the good news, you guys, and surprise, surprise, we're going we're gonna to talk about the gospel today, we talk about the gospel always here at uh, Calvary Prineville, and what I love about this church body that the Lord has put put together, I think is what you guys that have called this place home, love as well, and we go verse by verse, word by word, chapter by chapter, and we don't skip the hard ones. Amen. We don't. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, as, a, as an elder, I, I get to teach sometimes, and, you know, it I've been fortunate enough to teach in Palina and get to teach on tithing, which was amazing. Tell people what they should do with their money. <laughs> awesome. Um, this is all Chris's fault too. I think he's got something against me. But I got to teach on um, church leadership. So I'm a part of leadership. Yeah. Tell people, you need to do what I say. You know, like, but that's not what we say. But that, like, we don't skip it. We go through it, we dig into it, because it's God's Word, and it's awesome. And if we will humble ourselves to hear God's Word, these messages are obviously for, maybe if some of you here are not believers, maybe you're lukewarm, or maybe you're all in, but this Word especially today, here in Romans, is, it's for all of us, because it, it should call us all to search the depths of ourselves, I mean, to our cores. And if we're, if we're sitting still, if we've got it all figured out and we're done, we might as well be in heaven. But we don't and we won't until we're standing with Jesus. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, just again and again, just praise you and we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you're a just God, Lord and that just being just, Lord, is another way that you just show your love for us as the same way we love our children, Lord. So would you, you be with us, Lord, today? Would you just let us hear your word and let it just, just soak into us, God, and, and just um, let us see the, the joy and the good news of your plan, the gospel of Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Okay, you guys, we're going we're gonna to be in Romans 3, like I said, and um, take a little break from Acts. Um, we're teaching this in Plina tonight, and it's a, it's a good one. I thought, you know, it'd be a blessing for us here in town to, to dig into and study as well. And so, leading up to chapter 3 here, and it's, um, it's kind of this pivotal moment as Paul's teaching through um, Romans 
late in the middle to later of chapter 3. But leading up to chapter 3, Paul's just really kind of, um, he's just explaining to all different kinds of people what kind of people they are, essentially. And the, the theme verse in Romans is in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And I'll just read the first part of you, uh, first part of it. But the theme of it is, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel. Okay, we got to... The thing about the gospel, you guys, is we have to truly... Like, we got to get to this point of understanding the depths of our wickedness and the bad to see how great the good is. And we're going to get into that, dig into that, and see why that is and how that works. But we're just going to, just like, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a spoiler. That's what we're going to talk about, okay? So in the beginning, um, Paul's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to people that, you know, don't believe at all. And he's, um, he's explaining to them how, how God has revealed himself to them, through them even. And he goes on to say that um, God reveals himself through creation. And he, he says in this section, he says how it's clearly seen so that you're without excuse. Okay, and then he goes on and he talks to, to some, um, or he talks about the, the guilt and the stuff that comes out of that. And pretty much what he's meaning there is he talks about how in verse 24 of chapter 1, how therefore God has also gave them up to uncleanness. And the lusts of their hearts. So he gets to a point of saying, God says, okay, if you want it, you got it. Even though, yeah, you might not be Jew of a Jewish culture where you're raised to know God's word. But you're still without excuse because, man, look at creation. Look at, look at your loved ones and how I shine through them. You should know. All right. And then he goes right on to the Jews. And he starts talking to them and, and speaking into... Um, the judgment of truth to them. And then he, he, he continues on. He talks to them about how they'll be judged by their works. And then they will be judged with impartiality. And then I'm going to read this part to you. The last part of chapter 2 before we get into chapter 3. Because I feel like as I was studying this. It, it like really spoke to me as a Christian. And I'm not Jewish. Most of us here are probably not Jewish. But the idea of um, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Kind of checking the boxes type of a thing. And just how I'm not, I'm not above falling into the same, in a lot of ways, the same way that the Jewish culture believed in the law and had to follow the law. And the salvation was the law and doing things is what I'm getting at. To be right with God. And so that this, this in part of chapter 2 kind of, kind of draws me to that thought and that idea. And so I'll read it to you. It says, Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law and are confident that you, you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness. An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having for having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You therefore who teach another, here it comes. Do you teach yourselves? You who preach a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? 
You who adore idols, do you rob the temples? You make mo- you who make mo- you make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? And this part right here grabs me, you guys. And again, it's 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 not a new thing to talk about sin here at Calvary, but like we're this chapter of Romans. This is God's word. We're going to go through that Paul is saying. Paul's teaching us this. Man, we're going to talk about sin. And this part right here gets me uh, in the context of what I was just reading and speaks to me as a Christian. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. My point is, as me as a Christian, I'm confident that I'm saved. My name is written in the book of, of life. But I'm a sinner here on earth until I'm with Jesus. And when I don't represent Christ well, I blaspheme God to the Gentiles, to the non-believers. They say, see, hypocrite. That's what really, like, it really grabs me when I read that. I'm not putting a yoke on myself or a yoke on you guys. Jesus takes that off of us and helps us get to a point of where we don't feel that anymore. Sometimes it's immediately, sometimes it's over a lot of years, but, and we just have to learn to be patient in that. But... It still is good to take this stuff and think about it and reflect to our core. Absolutely to our core. I'll skip down a little bit. It goes on in verse 28 there, which will um, kind of catapult us in the first part of Paul's questioning in in chapter 3. But it says, um, to get you up to speed there, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor circumcised that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew... Who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not the letter, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So as we get into this, you guys, we get into chapter three, you need to understand that Paul is going through the book of Romans, and he does this really neat thing, and I kind of, I like doing this myself, um, but he, he does like a question and answer type of a thing. But it's rhetorical questions. He already knows the answer. And he's already, already going to give the knowing he's going to give the answer um, right after he asked the question. It was um, the Pharisees. This was pretty common for them as they taught in this way. And then um, it's, it's very effective. We can do the same thing. You know, being a rhetorical question and going through things like that, it helps us as we evangelize and we go tell the world about Jesus it helps us to be prepared in a way, and this is why I kind of enjoy doing this. It's, we get prepared because we, we read something, it hits home with us, and we're like, oh yeah, okay. And then, then we think to ourselves, okay, well, I'm going to go tell a non-believer maybe, or someone that's lukewarm or um, doesn't have maybe correct theology. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell them, but okay, they, they might think this, they're going to question this, so I need to know the answer to that and still bring it, keep the point and the truth of God alive and keep it moving. See, so it's, it's a really good way to do it, the way he's doing it, this question and answer type of, um, type of strategy, if you will. I do this to John all the time when we talk. We're, often when we talk, we end up talking about the Lord, and, and uh, it's hilarious. And it's mostly because I'm ornery, I would I have to be honest, more than I'm like trying to be so biblical. But I do this thing where he's like, he's totally right. He's, he read something that morning, and he's, he's just like all wound up about it. And it's all truth, is what he's saying. And I'll be sitting there listening quietly for a while, and pretty soon I'll ask him a question that would be like a question from a non-believer that is like going, like I'm against him. And like I'm, a, I'm one of the skeptics, you know. 
And he gets quiet for a minute. You can tell he just starts boiling instantly because he's all wound up and he's about Jesus. And this is so awesome when I read. And it's hilarious because he's like, dude, do you love Jesus or not? I can't even tell if you're serious right now. I can't even tell if you're serious. He always says, I don't even know if you're serious right now. <laughs> but it's a good thing. And we, and we laugh about it. And we joke, but like, we, it's great because it gets us thinking of both sides of it. And all it does is make our foundation stronger. Right? Now we know what we believe because of this. And I can back it up with God's word here, 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 here. Okay, so Paul does that, and he's he was a Pharisee, so he was used to this kind of thinking, this objective thinking. He he wasn't on board with Jesus at first, so he had these same questions of not believing. He was in um, oh, what's the word? He was in objection to it. Okay, now he's he's met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he's saved, and now he's sent out. And when he goes to all these towns, where does he go first? He goes to the synagogues first, and then he goes to the marketplace to talk to the, the Greeks, the Gentiles. And so he goes, and he talks. He's used to these objections coming at him. So it's like he's getting ahead of it with the, the question and answer style that he's going through this. And so that's what we got today, you guys, in the, in, um, through this teaching is a bunch of question and answer, question and answer that Paul's is giving us. And you've got to get your mind in the idea of you kind of got to get play both sides of the fence as we go through it. So let's let's read it. Um, verse three, or I mean, chapter three, verse one. So we just got done talking to verse two and he was talking about the circumcision, you know, and it's and then it gets us right into this. So. Verse 1, what advantage then has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. So it's kind of like, Paul, what's the deal? Circumcision, is it good or bad? What's going on here? In verse 2, he says, it's good. He says that it's really good. And the reason for that is because we see there that, that the Jewish nation... They were entrusted with God's word from the beginning, from the start. They were entrusted with knowing the word and then going out and spreading it to the world. That's a, that's a big deal. Think about that. God comes to you and says, it's your job. Keep this thing going. And look at us. We're here today in 2022 and we still got it, right? So it's a, it's, it's a much advantage is what Paul is getting at. The Jewish nation, they were, they were raised as children. They're how they had to know Scripture from a very young age. I wish, I wish we had a little more of that in our culture. And I'm talking to myself as far as my kids just knowing the Bible, just knowing it at a young age. And what that does as well is like, man, that, that kind of gets you set up and you're not starting from scratch, right? As you enter the world and the world comes at you and, and you've got to choose God over the world. But like churchgoers here today, like us, the same as them with the Jewish nation and the culture. And, um, man, we have the truth. Now, it's living the truth, isn't it? And that's what the book of Romans is about, is applying it. Action. What it looks like when that happens. I love the, the phrase Sarah Teske said to me a long time ago, and it's, it, I, it's burned into my mind of, you know, we believe in God. But do we believe God? And if you've heard me teach, you've probably heard me say it a hundred times, but I'm never going to quit because that just, like, there's a difference. Think about that. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, I believe in God, but their life looks nothing like it. They don't believe what God says. So we need to believe in God, but we also need to believe him. And that's what the, the is much advantage of 
just like the Jewish people. Um, same for us here at Calvary, where we come every week and we listen to the word and we study and we, and we want to continue to learn. Okay, next question. He goes right into it in verse 3. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man be a liar. Okay, the history of the Jewish nation, you guys, in Israel, think about it. Think back to the Old Testament. The Lord promised them and promised them and, you know, and saved them and took them out of captivity and did, like, did all these things. And what, what constantly happened with that? Some disobedience constantly as, as the, in, the, in the history as we read back to the Old, the Old Testament. Think about it from the golden calf, worshiping the golden calf, clear up to missing, this Jewish culture missing, that Jesus was the Messiah. So, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? No, absolutely not. God's promise to them is still stands today to those people, God's chosen people. You go farther on in the book of Romans, you get to nine, chapter 9, 10, and 11. It goes on to talk about that, God's favor to them. And then in, in chapter 11, um, it says, you know, it, he talks about his, he will fulfill the promise that um, all of Israel will be saved. And so it is not without effect. The fulfillment of God's promises will always come. Okay, and then the end of this verse, chapter, or verse 4, Paul quotes the Old Testament. He does that a lot, especially when he's speaking to the Jewish um, Pharisees and the, and the Jewish people, people with Jewish background. And so he quotes the Old Testament when he says there, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. And so he's quoting King David in Psalm 51. And this is right after King David's, when he wrote this, you know, it's right after he had sinned with Bathsheba and he finally got to a point of some serious repentance and just like, like he was broken. When you read that, like it was, he, you want to talk about repentance. That guy showed some serious repentance before the Lord. And so he's just, he's just going through that. And he's just saying simply um, that he's saying to God, you're justified in your judgment. I trust that God. I don't question your judgment. I deserved it. Then we go into the next question here, you guys, in verses 5. It says, But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? You guys got to get back to this thought process of playing both sides of the fence in this question and answer type of a deal. Because it's the, it's the objector's side of, of this. And it's like, okay, so wait a minute, Paul, what are you saying? So my badness makes me, makes God good? That's not fair then. How can I be judged as a sinner if I'm actually doing God a favor by being bad? It wouldn't be right. So, does God condone in sin to be glorified? 
Does he say to the Jew, you're circumcised, you, you have Moses' law, you're good to go, we don't need to worry about your sin, you're, you're good. No, that's, that's not what he says. If he did that, he wouldn't be a just God, you guys. We want a just God. Like the same way we want justice when someone steals our pickup or wrongs us. Like we want justice then. Well, trust me, we want a just God to each and every one of us. It's a good thing. We're going to get to that, you guys, of how good that is. Verse 8 says, And why not say, let us do evil that good may come? As we have slanderers reported and as some affirm that we say what we that we say. It just goes just one step further with that idea. So the worse I am, the more good will come. People literally, literally think this way, and it's a bummer. Well, if I can't do good anyways, I might as well just throw my hands up. God will get, God's going to get the glory anyways, and I can pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm really doing something for the Lord. You know, I had, a, I had a guy tell me one time, a couple years ago, this guy had been raised in the church his whole life. He um, was not living for the Lord, but he didn't mind talking about the Lord. It was, a pretty, it was in one of those easier conversations, you know, and, and he, he just got to this point of saying, like, you know what, God told me, you just do you. This is what God was saying to him, he said. You just do you for a while, and when you're ready, you just, then you know, you know you're saved. You just do you for a while. It's like this idea of like, yeah, I can just, I can just go live however I want, and I know that I'm saved, and it's no big deal. God doesn't care. He, he turns a blind eye to, to my sin and my selfishness. You know, testimonies are amazing. Because it's almost like saying, well, now, if I do bad, then I can have a testimony that will be so radical and awesome that it will really move people. So it's okay that I go astray and, and start doing living for the world and myself, or myself and the world, rather, is how that would go. And, um, you know, that testimonies are great. And God uses them. And you can say that's why God allows us to to stumble and, and go wayward at whatever point in your life. Some people, it's crazy things, the worst things. Some people, it's really not that much. doesn't seem to be. But the testimonies, God didn't condone in the sin you were doing. Say, yeah, go ahead and go sin because I'm going to use it for good. God, like it said in um, chapter 1, in, um, where is it, verse 20, verse 24, therefore, therefore God also, when he's talking to the Gentiles, also gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts. He's like, you want it, you got it. But he's not going to let Satan win anything, right? So he's not saying that sin is okay and he condones it. He's simply saying, look, I gave you choice. I love you enough to give you choice, not make you a robot. So here's your choice. If you want it, you can have it. And then... God willing, he's got, he's, he has a plan for us and, and we come out of that and we have a testimony and we get to share it with people to say, you know, this is how God changed my life. But here's kind of the hang up we have to be careful of with our testimonies. Say there's a section of time you're talking about your testimony from here to here. Is most of it 
all the bad things you did and all this stuff and, and the rottenness and then a little bit about Jesus? Or is your testimony a little bit of how bad I am, how what I was, what my life looked like, and then a lot of it of how Jesus saved me, how Jesus changed my thinking, how Jesus changed my life, my desires, how he helps me keep my selfishness at bay. Because what we're talking about here, you guys, and we'll talk about a little more, is selfishness to our core. From the garden, Adam and Eve, what started? Selfishness. Our problem today, and will be until Jesus comes back, selfishness that leads us to sin. So testimonies are great. God doesn't condone in the sin. He doesn't want us to sin so he can be glorified more. Trust me, he's got that. He'll be glorified. Our testimonies are to draw people in, have, have something to talk about, but a lot of bit to talk, to talk about Jesus and what he's done. And he's our savior. And it's the only way. So as we're moving on, more questions, but we're getting to this, this part where at the end of verse eight, where it says that ridiculous saying of let, so, and what, or sorry, and why not say, let us do evil, the good may come. What does Paul say there in the end of in verses eight there? He says, their condemn, condemnation is just. What he means there, you guys, literally is, that is so stupid. So stupid. I'm not even going to respond to that. Let's go to the next thing. That's exactly what he means right there. So in verse 9, as we go into this, you guys, this is, this is Paul's like, you got to remember back from verse 1, I mean, chapter 1, chapter 2, like he's nailing down all the different types of people, the different types of sin, the different problems, all about the people, and we're here to the conclusion. All are guilty before God. Here, right here, he's going he's to hand us the gospel, the first part of the gospel that we all need to understand within ourselves and also need to understand when we go out and tell the world about Jesus. Verse 9, he says, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have... Per- Previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. All. This is the important part of understanding our bad to truly understand how good Jesus is and how bad we need him. And so Paul's, he's, he's standing here and he's going to give it to us, you guys. And he's going to give you 14 things here out of the Old Testament. He's all over the Old Testament giving us scripture that has been entrusted and hasn't changed and hasn't wavered for the last 3,000 years, right? Verse 10, it says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have turned, they have, sorry, they have turned, they have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb with their tongues. They have practiced deceit. Their poison of, the poison of asps is under their lips. Asps is a, is a poisonous viper whose mouth is full of, 
cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, and every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. That Paul is trying, you could say, in this part of the scripture, to get all of us feeling pretty bad. He really is, and that's okay. He's like, he's trying to, like, really pierce our hearts. Of like, come on, guys. You got to get off this. You're a Christian, you go to church, and you really do nice things. And all the times that you hide behind that or use that and say you're, you're a good person and, and quickly forget that you're not. You guys, this, I heard it said like this. This, this part right here of, 9 through 19 is an x-ray of me. You can see inside of me to my core. Everything that was listed here, Joe Papano, for sure. You know what else? Everything that is listed right here is an x-ray of each and every one of you sitting here. It's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? If this offends you, Forgive me, but it's God's word. If this offends you, I'm begging you, reflect and ask yourself, maybe not here right now, whatever it takes. When you get home or a week from now, reflect these things through here to get to the absolute core, to see the inside of you, to your, like quit fooling yourself, quit telling yourself lies and reflect. It's for, it's for a reason, you guys. We have to get through this part of it. As a Christian, as loving Jesus and living for Jesus, we have to get to this. The x-ray of our guts before we can truly surrender and say, Jesus, only you can fix me because I can't. I've been trying for a long time and all I do is indulge in my sin more and more. And the next day, you know, I'm doing things I've never thought I would do. Ever. It's quicksand, you guys, if we don't. It really is. You guys, as we go through that, look at all the times it says, none and all. They are all under sin. There is none righteous. There is none who understand. There is none who seek. How many of you are good people? None? How many of you are sinners? All? Praise the Lord. You know, guys, a lot of times, like, and I know a lot of people, family members especially, that, you know, I'm sure they love Jesus to some capacity. But this, this part right here, this hangs them up. And they're, oh, gosh, you just always want to talk about sin. Oh, you, your church always wants to, they just want to talk about sin. And the gloom and doom and, and um, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah type stuff. Or the fire and brimstone, rather. Well, yeah, I do, because the fire and brimstone actually is about God's judgment. And that's what 
And so we're kind of getting that here. We have to get to that, you guys, to grow closer to Jesus, to truly love him. The, the saying of like, I'm sure you guys have heard it, but like at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. And I always think about that like, yeah, no one's above anybody else. You know, at the foot of the cross, no one's better than anybody else. You know, it's all level. But it just hit me this week as I was studying of like, yeah, it's also we're all sinners. All of us. That's, it's also level because of that. Till we're with Jesus, we're all level at the foot of the cross in both of those ways. So in verse 20, it says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You know, I have that, before I even studied this week, I already had that highlighted in my Bible. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. You guys, as I'm talking about that x-ray that I totally stole from another pastor, but it makes a good point. When I'm talking about that x-ray, they can see the depths of us and, and to our core and our selfishness. You guys, as Christians, and, and even those of us that are, you know, are here and involved and plugged in and all that stuff, if we're honest, there's times that we still pat ourselves on the back. There's times that we say, well, I'm, 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 doing, I'm doing things, I'm helping out, I helped a lady alongside the road change a tire or whatever. I represented Christ. And yes, you absolutely did and you absolutely do. But where's your heart in that? And look, we're sinners. It's okay. Like, I mean, you can say it's okay because you can't change it. That stuff creeps in, but I'm just encouraging you guys. Paul's encouraging us. I'm talking to myself. Like, man, those moments, we just want to like run to Jesus in those moments. Man, Lord, we want you to have the credit. We want you to be, to be known because of whatever I'm doing, however much I'm serving Whatever it is. And justified in his sight. I think about that. You know, I heard a guy a long time ago say, he had a, like, he had a child die. And so, you know, he was mad at God. And he said, um, I remember him saying, and I wasn't even a believer when he told me this, but I just remember, I had the same thought as I do now. But he said, yeah, well, if there is a God, um, me and him are going to fight all the way to hell. And I remember then thinking, and I was not a believer, and I remember thinking, that won't be much of a fight, dude. I'm like, I don't know much about God, but that won't be much of a fight at all. I think about when we think of those things, when bad things come on us and we think we're doing so good, and then something bad, and we kind of get mad at God about it, it's a time to check our hearts, I think, of like, well, why am I cursing God in these, in these times? And just like that guy saying that, you know, I think about like, why would you say that about the creator of the world? You know, I don't know if you guys remember a while ago, Johnny did a um, taught in, at, at the church over here and, and he brought the kids up on stage and they were doing the, the sun and the earth and the, you know, it's like it's spinning and the kids are spinning as the, everything else is spinning. I don't know. But like, I think about that, and what was his point? Like, I don't remember, peanut butter and jelly is good or something? I don't The point is, is like, if the creator can do all the galaxies and all of that stuff, like, when you stand bef before God, you come to God. 
You want Jesus representing you. Amen. You're not, you don't want to stand there by yourself saying we're going to fight all the way to hell. He's the guy that created peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And they're awesome. Like you, you want Jesus. That's who you want. You want your mediator, your lawyer to be Jesus. Amen. And the way to get there is the gospel of Jesus. And you cannot talk about the gospel of Jesus without talking about this stuff we're talking about today. Because you can't, you, you can't get to a spot of saying to yourself, I can't do it myself and I need Jesus. If there's one thing you could do yourself, Jesus died for nothing. Man, as we were taking communion today, I was thinking about just reflecting on what he, the Lord did for us, because we're going to get into it more here, but that's something else. That's, that's something I don't know that I ever gets to do. Okay, you guys, now we're getting the flip side here in verse 21. This is the pivotal moment, moment in the book of Romans where we're going to shift from you're terrible, you're nasty, you're wicked people. And here is the but. Now, generally, or not generally, a lot of times when you say something, say a bunch of stuff, and then you end it with but, it erases everything you just said, right? I always throw that in my wife's face. Um, but this is not the case right here. This is but God. This is one we need to remember when we are going through hard times or things happen that we don't understand why we say but God. So here's the turning point. Here's what we've been waiting for. You guys have been tired of me, or not me, Paul, um, whipping on you. Don't shoot the messenger. Or do. The Bible says that'll happen as well. But um, let's see what it says here. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's one of those that everybody knows. But I think even those of us that know it, I think we, sometimes we forget it. But we're, we're, we're on to the good stuff. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, as we go through this next section, like especially in, in verse 24 here, we really need to pick up these, these next few words that are important. Being justified freely by grace through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Being justified. You guys have probably heard Rory say it. Just as if I never sinned. When Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, like our Lord of our life, He leads us, we run to Him. When we're stumbling, when we fall, He picks us up. And we're justified before God because of Him, because of running to Jesus. Just as if we've never sinned. God can't see when we get there, like, he's, you're standing with Jesus, remember? Like, yep, he's good. He's good, go on in. She's good, go on in. Just as if you've never sinned, justified, freely. Okay, the next one in that same verse, 
through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Okay, redemption. It's the action of saving or being saved. But this next description of redemption, I I like it even better, you guys, because it speaks of Jesus all the more. And it's an action of gaining a possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing of debt. So we just mashed out all these things and to our core we are wicked, each and every one of us. But what Jesus did on that cross for all of us, he said, no, 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 you know what? I'm get, I'll take it all. I'll take all these sins. Our debt to go, the one-way ticket straight to hell, you guys, that debt was paid. Redemptive, redemption. It was paid, a payment, clearing of debt. And then we go on to verse 25, it says, whom God set forth as a propitiation, propitiation, anybody, Casey? (laughs) Um, A propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Passed over the sins that were previously committed. Justified, just as if I've never sinned. But the propitiation part, you guys, it's important to to remember that and, and use that word. Paul uses these other two words. I can't remember, like justifications like 30 times and 15 of those is in this in this part of the book, but um, the propitiation, I'm just trying to get it right, so I'm saying it over and over, um, is also just as important to remember because it means the mercy seat, which means Jesus. One mediator, one judge, Jesus. In verse 26, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of one who has faith in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Is excluded by what law? Of works? No. But of the law of faith. That's a huge part of the conclusion, you guys, of getting rid of any time that we say we're doing something good, you know, all these things. We see that in in the other parts of the Bible. What does it do? We boast in that. We can't help it. It's just, it's the wickedness ingrained in us. It's excluded. The law excludes it. But the law of faith. Verse 28, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. This stuff's hard to argue with you guys. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, he is of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Something else we know here, we, we are taught constantly at Calvary, is that the law is great and important and is a part of this life of living for Jesus. 
but it doesn't make us righteous. It just shows us that we can't do it without Jesus. Just points us that we need that superhero. We need that savior. He's the only one. Johnny, you can come on up. We'll close here. You know, you guys, I, and yes, this is God's word. We're just reading through it and, and we've been pounding on the depths of our sin, right? But it's, man, it's just, I'm just, we're just reading what God says. But I think about this in the short time, I really haven't been in ministry very long compared to, you know, Rory and Chris. I'm like, I, I haven't been, but the Lord has just happened to throw me into some people's junk, to be honest with you. I didn't hunt it up. Just the Lord, whatever reason, he did. And I think about that, you guys. And I think like, there's just, if we don't take this stuff this serious, that junk's never going to quit. We're just always going to be getting into it. And I'm telling you, I say I've been in other people's junk. No, I haven't been in any junk that hasn't been any worse than my junk. And I've been in some stuff that blows people's minds. You just, like the worst of the worst. And yes, the, the Lord uses that. But man, he's, he's using Paul to warn us against that. Of, man, flee from that stuff. You guys, it's just, there's nothing wrong with searching the depths of our selfishness so that we can have the good news of Jesus changing our lives. I believe even those of us that are saved, like we don't even have a clue what the Lord has for us that is amazing and awesome. I'm not saying everything's going to be the rainbows and butterflies, but I am telling you, like I know he's just like, keep running to me. Keep denying yourself. I want to show you how great life is. But it's only through me, Jesus says. So I encourage you guys. Love these these parts of the Bible. Don't hate them. Reflecting is good. We praise God. We praise the Holy Spirit for that. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I, I just pray to you, Jesus, that... Um, you are speaking today, Lord, through me. You had a plan today to touch people in their hearts directly, each and every one of us, God. Just digging out the just the junk, getting rid of it. So though it would seem of just all this depressing, we're sinners, man, the only thing we can do is run to you, and that's I'm just so thankful, Lord, how you've shown me in my life how freeing I am, how freed I am, how rich I am. And I don't have much money in the bank. And that's because of you, God. I feel free. I feel alive. I feel rich in your love and grace and mercy. And God, I pray that for each and every one of us and we will grow more and more in that, closer to you. Thank you for what you did to pay our debt, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Yes, Lord, we just uh, worship you today. Thank you for the reminders that we heard from Joe and for the good news, Lord.
that though we're all sinners, God, that you will make us righteous and that we could be with you in heaven. God, please bless this Sunday morning. Let people spend the day glorifying you, resting in you, being with their family together and honoring you. And God, thank you for all you've given us. Thank you for this beautiful place and the shade and this wonderful amphitheater that we get to use this summer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.